Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens-Jones, a certified Christian life coach, and it is a pleasure to have you here today. I'm excited that today is the 10th broadcast for the show, and here we are, you and me, two together. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) This endeavor excited me from the time I accepted the invitation to come to uh, be a radio talk show host because I envisioned a platform that would encourage and uplift someone who's feeling discouraged, alone, or not truly belonging. And you know what? After every single broadcast, I receive some kind of unexpected positive comment from someone we had no idea was listening. Sometimes it's a person in in another state that someone passed a link to, or my husband and I get a word that someone somewhere was touched or they feel they have to pass the link on because they were encouraged um, based on something they were going through. Hearing that this show is helping to uplift someone makes the effort very worthwhile and rewarding. Four and a half months later, since this show started, I'm just pausing for a moment to be thankful for the positive ripples that are occurring, and I pray that they will continue. I thought of one way to celebrate and keep growing this community. More on that in a moment. I know some of you listeners will hear this show as a replay after the live broadcast. I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in as well. You know, on a solemn moment, I have to say, before we go any further, let's together pause in a moment of silence and prayer for all of the families that are affected by the terrorist strikes we learned of today in Brussels, Belgium. And at the same time, let's send our best to other people across the globe affected by known and unknown tragedy and hardship. Let's have a moment of silence together right now. Okay, thank you for that. So if you were with us, our last show topic was bigger 
and what we could dissect in one show. So we did part one and part two. During my last two broadcasts, and the topic was forgiveness, my two guests, Ms. Alicia Mobley on February 23rd and Mrs. Angela Griggs-Atkins on March 8th, shared their trials and triumphs so openly and frankly that it really gave many who are struggling with being forgiving a lot to think about. It was clear in both interviews that there is such a high cost of not forgiving and so much to be gained for yourself when you forgive. Please remember that. If you struggle with forgiveness, go back to the links and listen. See the email on the contact slide on your screen to request the links if you don't have them in your email, okay? And now, back to this being our 10th episode. As I mentioned a few moments ago, I thought of an idea to increase our interaction and celebrate our 10th show at the same time. I've launched a new Facebook page for this radio broadcast. It's called Making Inspired Choices, as the radio show is called. If you have a Facebook account, you can just search Making Inspired Choices, like the page, and then share your comments, ideas, concerns, or questions with me, my guests, and our other listeners. Great idea, huh? Well, I hope you agree. I believe it's going to be a wonderful way to be in touch more often and to keep our conversations going in between the twice-a-month radio broadcast. There I'll post upcoming guests and topics. You can even write in questions you'd like to see asked during upcoming broadcasts or suggest topics for future shows. I also want you to feel free to leave your comments on any of the earlier broadcasts of Making Inspired Choices. So you just search Making Inspired Choices on Facebook and like the page. That way, you'll see the show info in your news feed, and it will be listed in the pages you watch. I'm delighted to have this additional way that we can start interacting and sharing together. So I hope you'll go to like the page right after today's broadcast. Today, I have the pleasure to interview a very inspiring couple about making their love last over 49 years of marriage. But before I do that, I want to talk for a few minutes about this being Holy Week and our our preparing to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, better known as Easter Sunday. So what does Easter mean beyond the new frocks, Easter egg hunts, chocolate bunnies, and almost everyone packing into a church worship services? Here's my take as a believer in Christ. This observance distinguishes the Christian faith from others. This is the week for which Jesus Christ came to earth. He was born as an infant which had been foretold by prophets hundreds of years before it happened, that he would come and how he would come. But it's sometimes forgotten that the purpose of his coming 
is always for him to grow up, show himself to be the son of God, and to eventually be persecuted, crucified, and to die, to pay for the sins, the sin debt for all of mankind. And as it had been foretold, after being buried in a tomb on a Friday, which we call Good Friday, on that Sunday, he rose from the grave. When they went to look for him that day, he was not there. That Sunday, we call Easter Sunday. His resurrection affirms that all-powerful God is sovereign, even over death. His son was sent to pay the price of sin through his death, but he was not conquered by death. And as a result, any person who confessed that they are sinners and believe in Christ now have a provision of eternal life with him after their death. So that's why this coming Sunday, Easter, is a time of highest celebration among believers in Christ. I bet there are some thoughts or comments buzzing in your heads about this topic. I hope you'll call in and share. And then um, go over to the new Facebook page and make some comments there. I welcome and encourage that. I'll also ask my guests their thoughts about this holy observance. Okay. So now I'm going to shift gears and introduce my special guest who will talk about a lifetime together. When I think of my guest, this topic seems so appropriate. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce and welcome to the show James and Jean Jones. James, best known as Jim, and Jean live in Burke, Virginia. They grew up in Marion Station, Maryland. I'll let them tell you how long they've known each other. They truly simplify a lifetime together as they have as they have gone from elementary school through high school together and they've been married for forty nine years and are still going strong. <laughs> This couple has journeyed closely together through every phase of life. They both obtained undergraduate degrees at Morgan State University in Baltimore. Jim entered the U.S. Army as a private and retired as a full colonel with specialties in infantry, directing family support, and as a congressional liaison. Jim served honorably in the Army for 33 years, to include two tours in Vietnam. Jim and Jean both were courageous pioneers during the 1960s civil rights movement, such that both were recognized for their civil rights work having honorary Doctor of Laws degrees bestowed upon them by Morgan State University. They had raised three children together, Jean counseled women and children of soldiers during Desert Shield, Desert Storm. She's retired from Fairfax County Public Schools and today is a guidance counselor or guidance director at Joe Gibbs Youth for Tomorrow. 
Jim and Jean have even supported each other throughout the cancer. Today, they continue to maintain full schedules, enjoying five grandchildren and sharing their love, wisdom, and commitment to service through their many church activities, such as leading Antioch's Antioch Baptist Church's marriage ministry, Jean sings with the gospel choir, the women's ensemble, and mass choir. She's also active on the decorating committee, women's ministry, and the elderly care ministry. In addition to a lot of singing and other activities mentioned, Jean's personal passion is also working with children. Jim is also very active at Antioch through the finance ministry, men's fellowship, and he has led numerous fishing outings. His passions include hunting, fishing, and sports, having played football, basketball, and baseball as he grew up. And he has a love for mentoring young soldiers. Jim and Jean, good afternoon, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices. It is a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. It is a great pleasure to have you two as my guests. I particularly appreciate that you two were able to be my guest at such short notice due to the illness of my earlier scheduled guest, who we are keeping in our prayers. Yeah. I know that you're I know that your sharing today will encourage and even challenge our listeners to grow in faith and make the kind of choices that move their lives forward. So let's jump right in. Um, <laughs> okay. Well this is Jean and, and I'm and I wanted to start uh, just how we how this journey began for us. And from the very beginning, I felt that it was divine intervention by the way everything kind of played its way out with God intertwining in our life. Jim and I, Jim was nine and I was seven when we met. Um, I was hanging clothes on the line with my mother down in Marion, and I and I saw this mule and cart and children and a mother and a father walking behind the, the cart coming into our neighborhood. And I asked my mom, I said, who, who is that? And she said, well, that's the new Jones family. They're moving in down by the graveyard. So I just said, okay. So then about a couple of days later, I was walking over to my grandfather's house, and there was a pond in front of the house. So I saw this young man sitting on the on the on the side of the pond out there on the ba- on the bank and he was chunking as they say or throwing stones into the water to watch the ripples and of course me being the fresh little girl walked up and with about 20 plaits sticking off on my head and uh introduced myself to him I can't and, tell you uh, what she said <laughs> no, Jim, don't say that <laughs> okay. And then I tell you when I tell you one day after church Okay. <laughs> now, okay. And uh, so, so what happened was, um, he was sitting by the pond. He was throwing the, the ripples, and we talked for a minute. And and he seemed so kind of mature and grown up. And he looked at me and said, "You know, I want to move away from here one day, and I I want to make something of myself." So I said, "Well, that's good." So we went on to uh, elementary school together, high school together. And Jim was just really smart and a great athlete, and we were just really good friends. 
because there was no mm-hmm. boyfriend thing in my my mom's mind and my dad because they really wanted me to be the first to go to college in my family. And there was okay. just, if there was anything between us, it was just maybe holding hands uh, in the back of my grandfather's old Model T when we were going to church. So that was yeah. it and uh, uh, how we met. And then we oh, went yeah. off to, and then went to Morgan together. So I'll let Jim... Yeah, and and, and 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 uh, my family, as, as as Jean was saying, my family was a little different than in her family in that um, we were what you consider poor, and they were too, but we were just a step below that, and uh, we moved from one house to another, and and what caused us to move was the house that we were living in was sort of caved in, and that's the kind of kind of condition mm-hmm. that we lived in. Plus, there were there were my, my mother and father, of course, and there were five children. And I was Nick to the oldest, and I was nine at the time. So the other four were young than I, so we had a, a young family. And then when that house fell down, we moved, had to move into Jean's neighborhood. And not long mm-hmm. after that, when I was in the, I think, eighth grade, that had a, a hurricane came through called Hazel, and that house blew down. And meantime, then we had to move somewhere else. So we were just like, and doing the, and we went, our kind of work we did was like migrant workers, but we didn't go like to Florida or places like that. We just went through up through the state, up to Delaware and places like that, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet. And there were times mm-hmm. when up in Delaware where we were doing working in the fields, all mostly field work. Uh, there were four or five families, a little shanty we call it, and and the rooms, the families were in rooms separated by 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 sheets. And so I got an education real fast. I grew up real fast just by hearing things. And meantime, I didn't like that. I didn't like those conditions. And I knew early on I didn't want to live that way for the rest of my life. And so that that motivated me to to try hard, work hard, and um, and and try to get get out of that that kind of environment. So when I moved up into the jeans community, and and that's when I first we got to ride the bus together and things like that. Before that, I walked two miles to school one way, walk two miles one way, two miles back. But we got a chance to ride the bus, and when I ride the bus, we got a chance to talk to one another and get to know each other. And I always thought she was cute, and she was also very, very smart. And so I said, if I want to get out of this situation, I'm going to hook my wagon to her because I know she's going somewhere. In the meantime, her dad had a car, beat up but still a car. He had a telephone. It was, it was a party line, but it was okay. And um, he and he um, had his, well, his job was sort of my father's job, but her mother was a m- money manager, so the family managed. Where my family was a little bit different. Okay. So Jean, uh, All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now, um, you you two, I feel like I'm I'm reading a novel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, Jim, tell me, what are two or three of the values? I mean, with that kind of growing up, uh, what are two or three of the values that you feel keeps your marriage going strong after so many years? Well, I can truly say that God was always in our lives. From the very beginning, we were real church folks. My mother played the piano for 60-some-odd years, and, and uh, so we, we read the Bible and we, we studied the Bible. And But God in our lives and unconditional love and open communication mm-hmm. in our marriage Lots of trust, lots of prayer. And, of course, we all go through hard times, but we always pray together every morning and every night before we, we, we close our eyes. So that was, I can say for me, that's what happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and, that, and piggyback on what Gene was saying, that early childhood was, was very important. Um, I didn't go to church until I moved into a neighborhood, and I was like I was nine years old. But I found that a church was was a place you could go and you know to sing the songs, to do the prayers, and that appealed to me. And not only that, though, before mm-hmm. before that, even in our in our school, elementary school and high school, we had devotions every day, every morning. Before class, we've had devotions, and the devotions consist of a, a, song, a couple songs, a prayer, scripture reading, and that, that set the day. And so, it was it was it was taught to us at a, at, a, at an early age. And then you had your parents, although they didn't have much, they had love. And then you had a community. The community was 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 very connected. And the teachers, the teachers really cared about us. We were in segregated schools, but the teachers that we had cared, and they made sure that we learned, and they and they taught us. And, they, and not only did they teach us to, from the book, they taught us to be good citizens because they knew in order to get ahead in this world, you you had to, you just had to be polite. You had to almost be follow the golden rule, do unto others, you had to do unto you. And, and we and that yeah. was drilled into us, but didn't take didn't take long to drill into us because we could see the environment was such that you know would know that in order to get away from this, you had to be better. You just couldn't be as good as. Okay. And so those are some of the things that. Right. Um, and and okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this too: the shared shared interest. Jean and I share the same thing. She's not upstairs watching one TV show, and I'm downstairs watching the ball game. We we share the same likes and dislikes, and 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 so we we together almost all the time, and because okay. we love one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. so and, that, and, that, okay. and that's all perhaps, right. I'm, okay. okay then. All right. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. But it what? Are there any other values? Are there any other values or themes that uh, that that prompted you to think of, or or I'll go on to my next question. Yes, I think I I gave you all the ones I had. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, as I talked about in my opening remarks, um, we as believers in Christ are about to celebrate the most important observance of our faith, Easter Sunday also known as Resurrection Sunday. So, Jean, uh, would you say a word about what Easter Sunday means for you? And then, Jim, I want you to do the same. Okay. Well, for me, it means, of course, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It means renewal for, for me. When I know that he rose on that Sunday, I get renewed in my faith. Uh, the promise of eternal life is always on my mind that he died for me and to give me eternal life and uh, joy. And as Reverend Mosbury said uh, on Sunday, we need I need to continue to decrease for in my life so that it and God can increase in my and God can increase in my life. I need to, to step back and let him take charge of where I am. I'm seventy three years old so I know that um he is with me always because he said he would be. He would never leave me or forsake me in anything. So on Easter morning, morning and, and, and I know that he has arisen, and we're in church singing those wonderful songs that we do, those praise songs. I'm just so thankful mm-hmm. to know him uh, through all of these years and will continue to grow in his spirit. I'm, I'm not perfect, and I'm still growing. And and God helped me to get there because that's where that's where I want to be. I want to one day be with Him in heaven. 
Amen. Yeah, Amen. yeah, and and Jean said it said it so eloquently. Uh, and I'm the same way. I know that um, and she might talk, come back and talk about this a little bit later. But yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, Christmas is one thing. Yeah, he was born, and we all know that story. But this story, but by being died, I mean, hanging on, hang on, hung on the cross, and and then rising from the grave, and and then um, doing that for us, forgiving our sins, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 means a great deal to me. Then uh, this last year, a couple of years ago, we went to Israel, and I let Gene talk about that because we would visit the tomb, the very tomb where he was laid. And uh, Gene had yeah. the um, the privilege of singing, you know, singing a song there. And Gene, go ahead and take over from here. Well, yes, I uh, Curtis looked at me as we were standing there at the tomb, and said, Gene, we need to sing. And it was, um, you know, and I'm I'm just as nervous as I can be. I didn't know what 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 to sing, but in my bag and as God would have it, I had the words to amen. And I started mm-hmm. to sing. I led it, and, and all the people in our in our group started to sing. But not only did mm-hmm. they, they sing, people from all around stopped whatever they were doing. And when we got to the part amen, everybody around was singing amen. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. There weren't enough tears uh, that I shed that day. I, uh, it was a joyous, joyous moment, and I'll never, ever forget that. But it was wonderful. And that's what I consider opportunity to to, to, to reach out to other people as well uh, on Easter, mm-hmm. Easter and uh, bring them into the fold. Let them feel that experience that I have. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's quite a picture of being at the tomb of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. seeing... And uh, feel that renewal right there yes. in proximity. I thank you for yes. sharing that. Absolutely, we got to uh-huh. walk inside, which was just—it yeah. was overwhelming, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to—I uh, want to say, knowing the two of you, uh, I certainly see you as blessed, uh, giving servants, you know, you're very accomplished in your careers. You are people who uh, I think any of us who look at you say, you've got it together. Um, But I have found none of my guests have had all sunny seasons in their lives. I believe we've all been in the valley at some point, so to speak. Um, Would one of you uh, tell us about a time or experience when you felt in the valley or you were dealing with some some rough challenges? Well, I can start. This one, um, one of the challenges that I felt was Vietnam for for, for Jim and I. Um, I was just, we were just married in March, and we got a call. So he called me and told me that he had to go to Vietnam, I think, in August. And it was really at the heart of the battle, the Tet Offensive and all of that. They were really fighting and people were dying every week. And my heart just sunk. I, I, I didn't know how, how, to, how to treat this. But thank God um, I, had a, I had a praying landlady uh, and a mother and everybody, friends around me, um, who prayed for me uh, and Jim. So, and when he got over there, um, I got a call in the middle of the night saying that from the Red Cross, saying that he had been wounded. Well, that was just a real challenge for me. I fell on my knees, and, of course, because I knew prayer, uh, that's where I started. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they called me on a Friday, and all weekend 
I prayed. I didn't hear any more until Monday. And Red Cross mm-hmm. called me again and said he had been wounded. He had been shot in the arm, but he was okay. But then they said something to me that it kind of made, made me made me angry and laugh because they said he refused to leave, leave his troops. Uh, he refused to be mm-hmm. evacuated. And I'm going, yeah, that that's my gym. Uh, he just wanted to remain there with his troops. So, And then the second tour of Vietnam, uh, he came home for a year, and I got pregnant, and then he left again. So they, that was a real challenge. And when he came home from Vietnam, I really had to support him. He was anxious. He was nervous. Mm-hmm. He drove the car mm-hmm. very, very fast. And I said to him, I said, you know, you and I, need to really pull together through this. Uh, but mm-hmm. having a child really helped him. So that that was a challenge, and I'll let Jim then tell yeah. you about well, our kids. Well, and, and mm-hmm. Vietnam and, and, and being, a, being, being separated like that is, is a whole lot different for me than for her because I was the day-to-day person living that, and for me it wasn't that bad. But I can imagine how it was mm-hmm. back here when you hear 500 people died mm-hmm. last week and me being an infantry officer out in the field, being shot at every day, uh, how that must have mm-hmm. how that must have melt, how people must have felt back here hearing that, especially your your wife, and so uh, yeah. I can I can identify with that. But but we have had a lot of ch- not a lot of challenges. The challenges that we have had are the challenges that that we have together. I mean, things think first of all, we we raised three wonderful children, and they have all mm-hmm. graduated from college. Wonderful jobs. Now they, you know, they have the ups and downs, but they're not anything that any other family wouldn't go through. In fact, we are very blessed because they're close by, and we see them all the time. They're doing very well. So, but the challenges that we have, we work through together. For example, um, now I'm going back a little ways. Now, when we first got married, Jean has always loved my family, always. And I recall one day I was in Boone. This is a challenge. It's my challenge, but because she was, she supports me. It's hers too. <laughs> Hello. No, it's Hello. That maybe, maybe Jim dropped. We let him dial back in. Yeah, maybe there okay. was a little technical glitch yeah, there. That's a little technical glitch, but but anyway, the other thing I can talk about while he's coming back on, and uh, was our cancer scare uh, that yeah. he called me and told me he had prostate cancer, and um, I knew I had to support him. And then about mm-hmm. three weeks later, uh, my doctor told me that I had breast cancer. So that's the part that everybody together. And I called him and um, told him that I had cancer. The doctor called me. I had cancer. but And he said to me, uh, to make me laugh, he said, listen, I can't have anything without you having it too. So we laughed about that, and I said, okay. Then he said, okay, you know, I've got the fun out. Now we need to stand together, and we're going to fight. And the first thing, too, when I get home tonight, we're going to get on our knees, and we're going to pray that God uh, takes us through this together. So he had his surgery on October 2nd. I had mine on October 22nd. I took care of him. And then on October 22nd, when when, um, he was feeling better, he took care of me, and we sat on the couch together. And I think God did this uh, to bring us even more together because we prayed, we read the Bible, and for the first time, because our jobs were so hard, we sat there and looked at each other and said, look, uh, God's trying to tell us something. So it brought us even closer together. 
Wow. That is, that's something, I mean, you all have so many things, and as I said, you've journeyed together. I was not aware that your uh, diagnoses were so close together, just a matter of weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. And then the surgery was October 2nd and mine the 22nd in the same month. During that time period, um, Jean, did you ever have a point where you wondered or doubted your ability to overcome the the challenge of, you know, both of you being diagnosed with cancer? Well, it, it was a re- it, it was really really hard because I continued to work. Uh, I would go um, and I would take care of him in the morning. I would come home at, uh, and do my uh, when he was sick and get him his mm-hmm. lunch and everything. And then uh, when I when I was uh, down, I would come home. I'd have to go get radiation and I'd have to do 32 uh, days of radiation. And he was able to take care of me, and I would come home from work, go at 12 o'clock to do the radiation, come home, and I would rest. Mm-hmm. And then he would mm-hmm. fix dinner and do all those things. So, so that that was that that was a tough part. And uh, but we survived it. We really did. And I surrounded myself with friends and and family, and church folk, and lots of prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Well. You know, I ask these type of questions so our guests understand that we've all been at low points or, as I say, in the valley. Um, mm-hmm. As you look back, Jean, do you remember mm-hmm. anything in particular that was shared with you, um, a particular strategy or life lesson that made a made a significant di- a significant difference in how you handled the challenge? Or, in other words... What led to the choices you ultimately made during that time to move forward? Well, the choices I made, of course, was to include my family and everything and and try to be a better person, try to be supportive, (laughs) try to encourage other people during that time that see me, I'm I'm doing okay. It's because of prayer. It's because of the support that I'm getting. And um, mm-hmm. other people wonder, you know, they wonder how you get through it. But if you come out and you present yourself as a child of God and you continue mm-hmm. to, to, to encourage them and other people would come around you who were always also experiencing difficulties in their lives and they would say to mm-hmm. Gemini, how do, how do you get through this? And there's only one way, mm-hmm. and that is to bring God into your life. And I think a, a, a couple of people, or maybe three or four, saw that in us that we continued mm-hmm. to move forward, even though it was so, it was so hard, and, and it was painful. And and uh, so, but but you, but my children were always there, supporting, making sure we were taken care of. So, mm-hmm. um, just that life experience, I'll never forget. And and it's for a reason. I think everything happens for a reason. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you have been able to really uh, encourage others through your example, not only through what you say you believe, but through the example of how you lived in the midst of the challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clearly, uh, faith is key and central 
in your lives, from everything you all have already told us. Um, as as we wait for uh, Jim, hopefully to dial back in, we'll we'll get him back. Um, we'll get him back. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, okay. um, is there is there anything else you'd like to say just about how faith has made a difference as you go through challenges? Well, I tell you, faith, you know, you have to step out on faith, and there's nothing there, I always say, but you know it is there uh, because God is there. And um, mm-hmm. there, there are, are what, what I'm trying to say is um, um, you, you, I get overwhelmed sometimes when I talk about faith because my mother was, was a great faith person. That's all she said, where is your faith? When I would call mm-hmm. her and I'd tell her, Jim's going to Vietnam, and what am I going to do? And she would be quiet for a minute. And she said, Jean, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Yeah. And um, I, I knew that that was a big word with her and that I had to continue to 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 depend on that through everything that I did, through everything I've done. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. just have to share that with other people as well. The little mustard seed, when I think of that, you have to have that much, you know, faith as that and things will will help you you know to to get through um another mm-hmm. thing um if we had if Jim and I had an argument let's say children now kids nowadays will will run away from a situation where when you're married mm-hmm. as long as we have you 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 try to solve everything together you never go to bed angry you you try to solve everything or every issue that has been addressed in 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 something that's going on in your life you you know okay. you know when my mom and dad tell you you know you've got to uh you know you got to stick to it don't call me you married him <laughs> so <laughs> so you know you go back in the in that situation and find out what you both can do to come together and that's what has really mm-hmm. kept this thread going in, in our in our in our marriage and we enjoy Amen. the same things. Mhm. Yes. Um, well, you know, it's we have a we have a great audience today, and um, I'm feeling feeling badly. I know Jim is going to get dialed back in as soon as he can, but I sure would love to hear. I mean, are there any secrets? I said in our promos that we try to get you all to share some secrets. So. Mm-hmm. What, what is the magic or the spice or the, you know, what is the secret if you could share something with listeners? Because, you know, you all have been married 49 years. We have people yeah. who may be fairly new to marriage going through a real challenge. Or maybe people who have been married for a long, long time, but it's not been a happy, thriving marriage. Any secrets to share, Jean? Well, the one secret, and you're gonna laugh and made laugh about this, but um, I always tell him that you never. Uh, uh, girls always tell me, "Well, I'm I, I don't want to be with my husband right right now. I'm tired or whatever." And I said, "You know, you never have a headache in a marriage. That has been something that a woman will say to a man. Oh, I've got a headache. With my husband, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about the headache. You know, you don't have a headache. If this is something that he wants to do." or come together with you in in a compassionate way, then you find a way mm-hmm. to do that, you know. You don't mm-hmm. turn him off. 
You don't talk bad about him in front of people. If you have something you need to say to him, you wait until you get home and say what you have to say. You're always arm in arm when you're out there. You present that to people. You don't air your dirty laundry out there to people. You don't gossip to your friends about what your husband does. That That's wrong mm-hmm. because that will get back to you and then it will spread to, to other areas of your life. And then that will get back to your husband and that's not right. Do things together. Mm-hmm. Jim and I always did uh, date nights. We do it now. Uh, we love to go to the movies. This is our night out. We love to go to Ocean City and just spend the weekend. Every merit, every March 25th, we will go to Ocean City, and I did that because our parents lived there and we could visit. But that was our special time together. I've been trying mm-hmm. to get my children, my married couples, my my children, myself, to do that. I'll keep the kids. You need to have that I'll, special time together. Yeah. Absolutely. Did I hear him come back on? There okay. he is. Okay. Yeah. We've okay. got you back, Jim. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Linda? Linda? Hello. Yes. Linda? We have we have yes. you. Okay, good. Okay. Hey Spike. Yeah. Okay, You're okay. Here. I got I guess okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got cut off no some problem. kind of way. I got fat fingers, I guess. But Jean, you were brilliant. You covered everything I would have covered. You said everything I would have said. So okay. So Linda, now you guys got I was pan I was panicking here, so you gotta kinda ask me a question so I can fill in. Okay. No problem. Uh, Jean yeah. was just giving us some of the secrets, and yeah. <laughs> that we all well, have and, to and hear. I heard what she said, and and that and that that is true. Um, we we have we we don't have any secrets. We we just just don't. And we early on because we know each other so well. Even if I had a secret, she would know it anyhow. And I think if, <laughs> no, if she had a secret, I would know it because we couldn't we couldn't secret, not tell. Wait, yeah. Jim, not that kind of secret. We were trying to get. You and Jean's secrets about how you keep everything going so well in your marriage. Oh, <laughs> I was trying yeah. to cry the internal marriage. Okay, okay yeah, I understand. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, our secrets. We are, okay. What what is our secret? That yeah, I understand. Yeah, but the thing is, just loving one another, sharing, uh, um, shared interests. We talked about it earlier. Uh, liking the same things. For example, one of the secrets is that um, Jean loves to dance, and she can dance. I can't dance, and I don't like doing anything I can't do. And so what I do, I, I practice so I can at least be able to stand on the floor with her. And, and and she wasn't a football fan either. I mean, she knew about football, but so she now she knows more more about, more about football than than I do. And I can't wait to go dancing. And, well, if uh, I can so, say something right here, if I can say something right here, Linda. When we first got married, he was watching football all the time. And I, um, girls, excuse me, but kind of scantily dressed and walked in front of the TV. And he said, could you just move over a little bit so I can see the screen? And I knew, I knew that I had to join this man on the couch watching football. You know, because if that didn't get him, nothing would. So she knew, she learned what a first down was and a forward pass and blocking and tackling and she, she learned what a touchdown was and all that. So yeah, and I learned and I learned the foxtrot. That's a wonderful, wonderful graphic story. That was too graphic. Sorry. No, no. But you know what you will point out is how important it is. Not so much that you try to change the other person. But you get 
some interest in what they are interested in. I think that's what I'm hearing underneath. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if yeah. you're interested, yeah. good at dancing, Jim, because Jean loved it, you became interested in it. And mm-hmm. likewise, Jean, you got interested in football because Jim was interested in it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 because and because again because we knew each other, I, I often wonder what would have happened if, if if I fell in love with someone from New York or Philadelphia or Baltimore, and I drugged them down to Marion where we lived. I think they would last by the day, and they would have gone back to Baltimore, Philadelphia, and New York because. But Jean, Jean, she she grew up in an environment, so I didn't have to. So she wasn't shocked, in other words. And all that, you well, know, again, all that, all that just plays a big part in 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 our marriage and, well, and, and Linda, our love for one another. If, if I could just say this, um, when um, Jim was engaged to be married, uh, when I was a senior in college, and uh, he came back through Morgan dressed in his uniform and everything, and of course all the girls fainted, and he asked him oh, to take me out, and we. we uh huh. And he talked to me. Right here, everybody. That's a secret. And he talked. He talked to me. We rode around in his nice car, and um, and he told me that he didn't love this girl, and that all of his life that he had loved me. And so I was like, she, she fell for thank it. You. I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we're finally back where we needed to be because I had the same feeling for him, but I thought he was gone since he was engaged. So anyway, mm-hmm. we went home that next couple of weekends or so, and he told me what he was going to do. He said, I'm going back to get my ring from the girl. Well, I rode with him in the car. He took me in the car. He went in the house, got the ring, what? came back out, and said, uh, I got the ring. Now we can be married. And I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't give her that ring, though. I did take the ring. No, he did. I, did, I didn't did give her that ring. <laughs> no. No, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Jim, you take Jean with you in the car, and Jane, you're outside in the car while Jim goes to some woman's house who is his fiance, yeah. mm-hmm. and he says, "Get the ring back." Yeah, but wow. but the thing is, um, it was it was it was easy because she had fallen in love with somebody else. You know, absence make the heart grow fonder. But in her case, yeah. for another person, and 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 I wasn't yeah. feeling it either. So it was easy. It was the best thing that ever happened because because what you don't know, what we haven't talked about was I I I've known Jean. I love Jean all my life, and and that's and that's mm-hmm. just the God heaven truth. And um, and when this opportunity came, I wasn't gonna let it. Just let it get away. I just, I just couldn't do it because, again, my prayer was, my prayer was answered. And when I say prayer, I used to pray almost every night, you know, that somehow she would notice me, and and finally she did. Well, she always did, but I didn't mean just mm-hmm. looking at me. I meant, you know, just hold hands or something like that. So, so God, I, but I, I always felt that the guy smiled on me. I mean, just throughout my life, when I look back over my life, there's no way in the world I should be, you know, I mean, it, it's all only God. I mean, that's the only answer I have for it because I should have been dead or in jail or whatever, upside down or whatever, a long time ago, but it didn't happen. And, again, it's because, again, my wife has a lot to do with that. Well, one more thing, Linda, I wanted to share with you is another secret that I guess is not a secret, but Jim left college because um, he owed money, so they said, and uh, they wouldn't listen to him at all. Let me and, tell the story. Uh, I, okay. Let me tell the story. Yeah, let's see what happened. What happened? Not I, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I, had, I went back to college. I finished four years. 
but I needed a fifth, another right. semester. So I went back to mm-hmm. register, but they wouldn't let me register until I paid my debt from the past semester. I had cleared the, cleared the debt, but I didn't know a debt. I didn't think I did, but they say I did. So I stayed there from August until October trying to get, convince someone that I didn't owe any money or I didn't know how I owed money, and, and they couldn't prove it to me, but they said that, that I, I did. So um, I left. I had to leave school because my money was running out. This was October, plus the semester already started. So I, I, I went and joined the Army. Meantime, Jean, my wife, not at the time, but she went to the registrar's office, started mm-hmm. pouring through the papers, and found out that the person who owed the money was a person named James H. Jones, and I'm James M. Jones. They did the records by hand on those days, and the H looked like an yeah. M, and therefore I'm the one that got, I thought at that time, messed over. But as it had happened, I went in the Army, and I did well, and I don't think I could have done better in my, with my life had I gone back to school for that second semester, that that that, that fifth mm-hmm. that fifth year, start that that well, the ninth semester I will call it, uh, because mm-hmm. went in the army and did well, and then Morgan, I went back to Morgan and they paid for it. They just come on back and, I, and while I was there, I picked mm-hmm. up a master's degree based on mm-hmm. their mistake. So that's how God God just intervened in my life one, so many ways. One more one more little little, little tidbit and, and let you go. Um, when Jim was in high school, um, you know, he, they, they really didn't have a lot of lot to eat in their family. And he was a great basketball player. So I knew that he, you know, he let everybody else eat at, at, the, at the house of his family. He was the last to eat because he was the number one son. So um, when he would go to basketball, he really didn't have, a, you know, a lot of food. So my mother was mm-hmm. so strict. She didn't want me to have a boyfriend or anything. I would put high um, fixed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or piece of bologna on two on bread and I would put it in on in my blouse on top of my chest. And so my mom wouldn't see it that I was taking food out of the house to sneak and give to him yeah. when he got on the bus so he'd have something to eat. Sandwich was warm though, you can believe yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love toasted cheese. Oh, goodness. Are you not gonna write so are you, so you gonna write a book to... one day? Yeah. Maybe well, we, I, I don't know. <laughs> we just supported each other throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, share I'm gonna share something. I'm gonna share something with the audience that's that's kinda sensitive, but talking about my wife again. Um and this is about, about a minute. Uh, uh my father was he had an alcohol problem. And uh sometimes mm-hmm. when he had an alcohol problem he'd get very violent and, and when he get violent, you know, he would get his shotguns and just do things that people didn't like. I didn't like it either. So I was in we were living in Bowie. This was in in the early seventies and I got a call one night saying your dad is uh, acting up, running the people out of the house with his gun and, and so Jean mm-hmm. said, Look, you need to go home. So I went I went went home. Mm-hmm. She went with me and so I went up to her house. We lived on like like a half a mile apart, not even that. And so they mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with my dad, so what I did I um they said he was going to, you know, kill people. And so what I did, I got a, I parked the car at her house, and I walked down the road, and I got near the house, and I was first. Uh-oh, he's gone again. Oh, no. Oh, I know. No. I know. I, I'm trying to, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what, what he was going to say, but I know that, that his father, um, um, when he walked up, he said, I'm going to shoot the first person I see. And Jim said, mm-hmm. it's me, Dad. It's me, Dad. And he said, put the gun down. You're not going to shoot anybody. So Jim walked. He still had the gun raised. And Jim kept walking mm. toward him with his arms out, as far as I remember. And um, he put the gun down. 
but uh, that's that's how he was. You know, he he, he protected his family because it was it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how why he's falling off. Um, you know, from the phone. I'm yeah. not sure what's going on. Maybe it's not powered mm-hmm. up or something. But yeah, but you know, that's where we are. Well, yeah. I think he and when he comes back, he can make the point he wanted to make because mm-hmm. I think it was something for mm-hmm. you. Well, let yeah, me with me, this, I can't remember. Let me ask this while we're while we're um, waiting for him to come back. You know, I think our audience has certainly gotten a sense of how close the two of you are and how you support each other continually and have each other's back. Um, I want to um, just ask, have you ever had, you know, periods where you were you know, where you struggled with forgiveness. Let me just ask that, you know, as forgiveness has been a topic we've really spent some time on. You two seem to be so synchronized. Have you ever had any struggle to forgive him or some, about something? You mean forgive Jim or some other people, mm-hmm. some some people, uh-huh. or Jim, or Jim? In your marriage, yeah, in your marriage. In my marriage. Um I you know when I when I, I thought about that question and I can't remember uh, when um, I we had an argument um, uh, when he got back from Vietnam and uh, mm-hmm. he he was uh, he, he was he was very anxious very tense and whatever and mm-hmm. one night uh, we were arguing about something I can't remember and I he he looked at me different than he had ever looked at me before and mm-hmm. it made me it made me it made me frightened a little bit because I'd never seen him like that mm-hmm. he was tense mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um he he um he, he wasn't violent toward me but it was the mm-hmm. tone of his voice and the look in his eye and um yeah. he he realized in about probably 10 minutes that I was probably maybe a little bit afraid of what he might do coming from Vietnam. But mm-hmm. um and but but together I can remember us um embracing, falling to our knees together and he's saying to me, you know, I'm on the edge and here. and I'm I here. need your help. Okay. But that was the only here. time that, you know, we and forgive me for even getting to that point and forgive mm-hmm. me for even even fearing that you might do something to me. So that part okay. was, was what I can remember that I only, you know, for him. Because okay. we talk everything uh-huh. out anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello? Jim, yeah. we're glad to have you back, Jim. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Gene, something wrong with this phone. We're going to have to throw this down in the woods. What? Okay. Something wrong with this phone, I think. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, Jim, okay. you were telling us you. Uh, um, no, I was, about I, was, I was telling forward. you, yeah, but my dad, hello? Yeah. 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 You uh, want to get the other phone, honey? No, I, I, no I, I, I'll I, see if okay. this one, we don't have much okay. time. No, I was okay. telling the story about my dad, and they said he was acting, you know, it wasn't acting right. So what I did, I went down there, and he had a shotgun, and, and he said he's going to shoot mm-hmm. the first gun he saw, and I said, Dad, I'm so glad I'm not a 
son of a gun. What's going on? He told me, and I, but I was able to convince him that. And this is um, Cliff Notes, and I, I was able to tell him to let's go for a ride. And what I did, I took him up to the um, the place called Cambridge. That's because I knew his mind wasn't right, and he went went willingly. And 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 the end of the story is he he got well, and after that episode, um, he um, he. Um, was okay, but I'm saying, but Gene was 100% behind me with all that, and so those that's kind of those kind of things we have gone through that were challenges because you know you needed her support in order to 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 pull off something like that. So that's that's yeah. what I was saying there, and just showing the I love see. love that she has for my family. So you 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 drew courage and boldness from her to try to face that situation and to deal with it, um, Jim. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You two, you two have just uh, shared yourselves in a way that I know uh, I've been so moved by, and I know that someone listening is getting a lot to reflect upon in their own lives. Um, I just want to say a special thank you um, that you, you know, have just been so open and frank. And that love that is so vibrant between the two of you. Anyone who is listening, I can tell you, you see it firsthand if you ever meet this couple. <laughs> um, but I want to, I want to get our listeners in on this conversation. I want you to call us and just tell us something that has resonated with you about our conversation. Anything that I said earlier or during this interview. Call us right now at 646-716-9397, and we'll be happy to take your call. Again, the number is 646-716-9397. As we're waiting for any callers, um, Jean, you all have had uh, quite a rich, vibrant um journey that you've navigated together. Um, I'm and the one interested in... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said the one thing is, um, you know, I lost my memory uh, when my brother passed. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. And to see and to see the love that he that he had for me and knowing exactly what to do to get me well and sitting by my bedside all night long until I came around uh, a couple of days later was unbelievable, unconditional love. He would not leave my side. But I did regain it, and I did go to my brother's funeral, and I did speak, even though they didn't want me to, but I did because God empowered me that day that I needed to Mm -hmm. speak and let those folks know that where I have come from was only through the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. I... um... I just think I hear a book in the future for Jim and Jean Jones. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I I I heard what you say, and I I, I thank you for that. But my story, I think our story pales in comparison to others. Um, uh, you know, I just I know there are people out there who who have it much much worse. Now it could be by choice, but Jean and I we we believe in choices. We 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 say we all have choices. And it was how you what you choose to do with that choice is what makes you. And uh, we choose to be loving, uh, doing doing unto others. We have them doing it to us. 
and we choose to be mm-hmm. to be happy and to make others happy, yes. to share that happiness with others. And so if you choose to be down in the in the gutter or whatever, and then that's you. But but we you know but we keep God first. And and so we know that he's the reason for all of this, and therefore we can go ahead and go on with our lives, and we can reach out and try to touch you. If you want to be touched, fine. If not, you know, we'll we'll pray for you Pray for you anyway. Pray for you anyway. Okay. Mm. All right, Linda. Okay. Okay. Well, while we're waiting for callers, um, moving forward, Jean, uh, what do you feel the Holy Spirit Spirit nudging you to do? Well, right now I'm going to be retiring soon. And you know what I love more uh, a lot is to go to the nursing homes. I have been uh, mm-hmm. singing uh, at the nursing homes for quite some time now, going and rendering music there for them. And it seems mm-hmm. to touch them so. And not only does it touch them, it touches me. And my mom was mm-hmm. like that too. She loved older people. I guess I don't consider myself older. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's it's really unbelievable. They They want to touch you. They want to... You know, I sit on their lap and they hug you and, and some whisper to me that I don't have anyone to come and see me and can you come and mm-hmm. see me. I really want to get involved in always with children but also with elderly at nursing homes who, who <laughs> seem lost at times. That's my passion. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me take a caller here. Caller at area code 404-578 uh, prefix. If you press one, you're on live with us. Caller at four zero four five seven eight. Yes, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go right ahead. Hi, I'm a frequent listener, and I want to say today I am so inspired by this book. I'm sixty, and I've never been married, and I always felt like I missed. I've always felt like I've missed something, and to hear this couple, I'm, now I'm certain I have. I, uh, I love them. Uh, they do have a book. Uh, I like the hot baloney. I love that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? Say the last part again. I, say, I love the fact that she she, she made the bologna sandwich and oh. all of that. I know. <laughs> I just know. You know, when I hear of couples who've been married a long time, like at 60, I have a lot of friends who have been married for years. And mm-hmm. I know that's something that I did find. I found it now. I'm considering getting married, but I know that I miss a long lifetime of just caring. Like this couple, I love you guys. I don't know you. I hope to meet Thank you one day. You. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank mm. you for that. In person, I just want to say, in person, they touch you that way as well, just just watching their walk. Thank you, caller. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> okay, let's take another caller. We have uh, 478-714 uh, prefix. Caller press 1 and you're on live. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I just wanted to um, tell Jim and Jean, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your love story. You may not realize how important it is to share such a love story because all you hear in today's time, 
is divorce and how high the statistics are for the divorce rate. And your love story mm-hmm. is proof that it can work and that it will work, but you have to be willing to fight through. And one of my F words is that great word of faith. And yes. mm-hmm. so yes. I really do want to appreciate you and thank you for that. And it is my prayer that all marriages could hear this story, but especially young marriages, so that they mm-hmm. won't be willing to give up so easily and so quickly, but mm-hmm. have that determination to fight through because it's so worth it in the end. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lynn. Thank you so much. This is Anne. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, we are able to take a couple of other calls. If there are any others who would like to um, get in on this conversation, call us at 646 716 9397. Press 1. 646-716-9397. If you'd like to make a comment. Okay, we have another caller at 703-963-PREFIX. Press 1 and you're on with us live. Hello, caller at 703-963-PREFIX. Yes, uh, this is Rick Butler, and I just wanted to say thank you to the Joneses uh, for such a wonderful expose of a a beautifully displayed life and for the friendship and love in Christ that they've always shown me. And for you, Linda, for doing the show is heartwarming and, and a blessing to all. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. It's very thank special, you. Rick. Thank you. We love you, Rick. <laughs> we, love so you. we love you. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for being our friend. Well, I think uh, our callers are expressing the sentiment that I have, too, that uh, uh, we love a rich, beautiful love story. And as I said in the promo for the show, um, when I think of you two, I think of a lifetime together. And uh, as as callers have mentioned, you just so beautifully depict what uh, love and marriage can be. And as I think you said so well, Jim, it's, it's applying yourselves and choosing to love and to share with each other not choosing um, any other path. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank and, you. Yeah. And another thing, mm-hmm. Linda, one more thing before you go. Um, my parent, my dad did not really want me to marry Jim because of his oh. family and uh, because they were very poor and the father was drinking and they were having children mm-hmm. after one after the other. And he felt mm-hmm. that, you know, you're going to have all these babies and you're going to have to live with that family. But I pulled it to the side one night when I was going to be married, and I said, Dad, I am not marrying his family. I am marrying James, Jim Jones, and I love him, and I'm going to marry him, whether you whether you like that or not. That's the first time I'd ever said anything like that to my dad. 
But let me tell you one thing. My dad loved Jim Jones. He loved him more than his own son. When he needed to talk or wanted to go fishing or whatever, he called Jim. So God is always in the midst of everything. So I'll just say that. Yeah, and and, and it didn't start off that way because, again, but I can understand if I were a father and had a daughter, uh, I would have felt the same way. So I knew, I appreciated how he felt, but but a couple of days before he died, he called me in there. He told me to clear the room. He just wouldn't talk to me. And he said some things to me that still bring tears to my eyes. I mean, he, he loved me, and I know that. And, and his mother, Jean's mother, loved me even more, if, you could, if that could be, be – be, that could be such a thing, but so they 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 love me, and I and I, and I appreciate that because. But at the same time, you know, you have to earn that. And then I was my parents. They you know they didn't have much, and they did all the things they did. My father for sure, for, for for real for sure. But um, you know, be polite, uh, do the right thing, take care of your children. I mean, take care of your your siblings. You know, your your little brother since I was the oldest son, and just just do that, and, and be and treat people like you want to be treated. And they taught me all those mm-hmm. kind of things, along with the community and the school and all that. And, and right. we all know yeah. the, we all know the right thing. And yeah. plus, you know, um, our marriage. Too, I don't like I don't like pain. And so when Jean asked me to do something, I do it because I don't want to get beat up. No, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would I just, never. Yeah. I would never beat him up. <laughs> no, you're right. You never beat him. Yeah. I think we can get in another call here. Go ahead. We have a call at 703-670 prefix. Press one and you're live on the air caller. Hello, this is Talia Taylor, and I have my um, cousin Sadie here, and we just, uh, we are Mima's granddaughter. And we oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hi. <laughs> and we're saying that we love you, Mima. And Papa. Oh. We love you, too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Oh, thanks for calling yeah. in. Okay. Oh. Bye. 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 Oh, how sweet is that? <laughs> how sweet was that? <laughs> Did you know that was them, Linda? No. 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 <laughs> uh, that, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Well, uh, Jim, what parting word do you like to share with our listeners before we close out? Yeah, I just want, you know, just, just, um, again, I said that as I started, I said earlier, you know, just do the right thing. You know what right from wrong. And, um, and and just if if you don't know, find someone who knows, and you learn by you going to church. You got Bible studies. There are all kind of people out there to help you. All kind of programs. And if you want your if you want your your happy life, you know, just continue to do those things that that you, that you know are right. And um, it worked it worked for me. And if it worked for me, I know it can work for for just just for everybody. But you got to put your 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 shortcomings aside, and 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 you got to learn to live with other people and the other. People, a person is your is your, is your your spouse, and if you can just do that and just give and take and understand, um, things will be fine. But again, you gotta you gotta grow together. And again, that's one thing that we God made sure that happened to us. I mean, we was you know putting this together so soon, and so here we are. But uh, just you know, love one another and love God is my, my be my mm-hmm. parting words. Do the right thing. 
Oh, thank you two so much for being my guest today. Um, mm-hmm. It has been my, it has been my pleasure and and special special treat because as I said, you two stepped up to be my guest um, fairly late in the game when um, my other guest Lou Phillips was unable to be here today. Mm-hmm. So you're greatly appreciated. It has been inspiring having you here. I pray that what you shared will help listeners to make inspired choices that enrich their marriages and their lives. Um, mm-hmm. So, Jim and Jean, or I'll say Jean, do you have any shout-outs before we close today? Um, shout-outs? <laughs> yeah. Shout-outs to, to all my friends out there and uh, and, uh, and and my church family and yeah. my YFC family and and all of that um, to everybody. And just mm-hmm. bring God first and uh, love each other. If you're married, um, love each other unconditionally. Always keep God first and love your children. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. seek help if you, if, you, if you get into a situation where it's too big for the both of you. Seek help because uh, people, there are people out there in the world who can all, always come to your mm-hmm. rescue. But like I said, God mm-hmm. is first. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Linda, thanks to you and, and, and Spike for for considering us and giving us this opportunity. Mhm, mhm. And a, and a it's shout out to my two grandchildren that called in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, to all of our listeners out there. Uh, what a treat it has been to have this couple. Um, for my 10th broadcast, I want to just, as always, say if you or someone you know has a powerful story to share, please email me at Linda on lcrn at gmail.com and mark your calendars for our next show on April 12th at 12 noon Eastern. That's three weeks from now. In this case, there's another uh, week in this month. So three weeks from now, on the second Tuesday, <clears throat> my guest will be Bethany Boring, an author and fellow Christian life coach. You will not want to miss what she has said. Her new book is amazing. Ladies out there, I have a special invitation. If you or someone you know is struggling with major change or life challenges, and you can't seem to get the results you want on your own, consider enrolling in my Six Inspired Choices coaching program. You will not only gain clarity and confidence to make good decisions for yourself, but in addition to my coaching, you will receive the positive support of other women at the same time. Just go to my website, www.LindaStevensJones. Stevens is S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. LindaStevensJones.com for more information. And you can also schedule a free discovery session with me. I want to send two special appreciation shout-outs. <laughs> First, to you who are my encouragers out there. You have told me personally, call, text, emailed your positive feedback about this broadcast. I just can't thank you enough. A special shout-out to you. And then... My next shout-out is to each one of my guests on the first ten shows. Yay. <laughs> <That includes laughs> 10 
I deeply appreciate your taking the time to be here, to let yourselves be seen in such an open and authentic way. All of you, I want you to know that I recognize it's been your participation that has made this radio talk show a success. To all of our listeners and callers, thank you for being a part of this community. Please mark your calendars to join us for the next broadcast on April 12th, right here at 12 noon. And remember, come on over to the Making Inspired Choices Facebook group right now and share your comments or questions. Until next time, happy Easter and stay blessed.